0: Wake up. Grab a brush and put on a little makeup. Grab a brush and put up. Uh, I need, I need you backing me, man. <laughs> That's true.
1: It's a back and forth kind you need of a, thing. You need to it's pop ba- in. I just realized I can't do this no, on you, my own. You, you didn't tell me the bit before you we went into it, and you looked up the lyrics. So it's not like you expected us both to know okay. it. Okay, I'm gonna say, hide the scars
0: to fade away. The and you need to say shake up oh, my
1: mic's too sensitive right now to, to do a gruff voice Shut up. your mic's okay, too I'm...
0: sensitive you just need to stop
1: touching it so much just leave your <laughs> mic alone it, I can tell it wants me to touch it though the way it reacts it's so sensitive to my touch that's the thing uh,
0: I, was, I was attempting to sing the song Chop Suey by System of a Down Hmm. trying to shake it up uh, I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I i think i think it's i think it's um appropriate for a lot of reasons uh because i think mm-hmm. that when it comes to something like scooby-doo uh with with a with a past that can sometimes be a little bit ugly you want to hide the scars to fade away the shake-up
1: <laughs> systemic racism of a down <laughs> uh tell our listeners what we're covering today well, today we're covering Mystery Mask Mix-Up. It's a Season 2, Episode 2, of Where Are You, Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Um, it's a, an episode we b- wanted to handle carefully, because there's some... We'll say it now that this episode has some racist stuff in it. And it's it's pretty egregious. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> the, I mean,
0: they also make a bunch of references to this Chop Suey. We actually, I believe... We reference
1: this song in the episode itself we do which just which makes it, is that a callback if it happens before in terms of when they hear it but it is after we've recorded the episode i think it's a call forward a call forward yeah uh you know this episode makes me think of some old uh disney or warner brothers cartoon i think i'm thinking of disney cartoons that uh like in the collections of them whoopi goldberg does an introduction for them and says you know these cartoons are a product of their time and we should recognize them as such And think about the context that produced them and appreciate that uh, for what it is. And I I think we should approach this episode the same way. I hope that that's what we did uh, in the episode we have that you're about to hear. Also, I think we should probably mention that you're listening Mm -hmm. to scooby Dudes. Oh, is that what they're doing? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That is what they're doing. Is that a, that's, yeah, this is a podcast where two best friends, oh, they talk about their favorite meddling kids. And their dumb dog too. Ah, named Scooby-Doo. I'm Luke. And I'm Evan. And this is the episode. Two dudes talking about Scooby Doo. Two dudes just like you, unless you're a lady. Mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby
0: doo Okay, all right. Buckle up, kids. Um, Ooh. I I think I think maybe. Uh, it it might be worth communicating that uh, that Luke you're you're uh, you're you're a, you're a white man.
1: Well, yeah, I feel like I should I should begin this episode by saying first of all, they kind of addressing the race issue. As a person with a friend of color, I feel like I need to say something about how this episode affected me because it was very hard to watch. I uh, I want to say I was brave for watching it. I'd also love to hear that. I uh for for the listeners, I am Luke's friend of color. I am yeah, If you'll excuse me, I'm I'm kind of getting emotional here, dude. I'm I'm, I'm the uh, one.
0: <laughs> I uh I am um, my my father is Malaysian Chinese, uh my mother is hmm. just Filipino. They met in Canada, uh got married, whatever. Uh, which is to say that yeah, I'm like I'm of like biracial Asian descent. Um, and I chose this episode that we're doing mystery mask mix up. Season 2, Episode 2 of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Because I knew about the dicey racial content.
1: It's a tough episode because it falls victim to so many of the tropes that existed in 1970, which is when this episode aired.
0: Let's, I mean, if we want to just talk about about um, the show opening up, this is Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? This is the first um, Scooby-Doo iteration. And I wrote in my notes... Mm. I wrote here just listening to the theme song like that original theme song that theme song I, I wrote here and like I feel I actually like feel that way the theme song feels like home
1: I completely agree this this theme song is nostalgia in a bottle for me it feels like childhood as soon as I hear it and that made the some of the content of this episode all the more difficult because it was kind of a an unpleasant take on something that I really love
0: it's, it's all to say that, like, y- you and I, we both love Scooby-Doo. We, we continue to love Scooby-Doo in spite of this episode. But this is just, like, I guess like a hiccup in what we would have, we would have preferred to be a smooth ride from, from start to finish. Yeah, I
1: think in some ways I've said that I think Scooby-Doo is a very progressive show. In that it advocates for rationalism and a skepticism towards the supernatural um kind of surprisingly especially given when it came out this is an instance of it being unfortunately indicative of the times and not really being ahead of the times
0: that having been said do you want to do you want to get into the episode
1: yep the only other thing i want to say before we get into it is uh, to congratulate you on one other point on picking this episode in that we have returned to chinatown in san francisco which we'd visited in episode sixteen, I left my neck in San Francisco, which actually aired almost ten years after this episode. So there's a bit of Scooby Doo's continuity there as well. Yeah, it's uh, it took them that long to return to this, but they made a smart move by not going that in depth at that time. I like
0: I I don't think there were any like I don't think there were like any
1: Chinese people in that Chinatown. No, it was just the setting, and they didn't even really do too much with the setting, which was fortunate. Um. And and just to say one more thing on the uh, the intro song. This to me it had that little abbreviated intro that's like dum 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 do Is that what it had for you as well? I know I didn't get it right, but uh, no, I actually had the full intro. Uh, for some reason it had like the little mini intro, almost like when there was two episodes airing back to back. But still, That was pretty good, for by me... the way.
0: I'm pretty impressed with uh, with the way you uh, I was vocalized. Thank you. I'm,
1: I'm glad I communicated at least because I think you'll you'll know what I mean, even though I'm out of tune. But it, that really, I felt like I was sitting in the couch of my childhood home as soon as that happened. It put me at ease in a way that I almost never feel.
0: All right. Uh, okay. So so we open up. Uh, it's it's night time. It's spooky. It's scary. This is very like traditional Scooby Doo. We're we're setting we're setting the scene, uh, yeah. and and we see the exterior of like a of like i guess a temple
1: yeah some sort of eastern style temple in this very what looks like a very rainforesty area but ultimately will turn out to be san francisco we then we then um come
0: on to the interior of the temple there's like a really gigantic buddha statue
1: i guess huge with uh supplicants before it repeatedly bowing and prostrating in front of it, which is not something I, I think people really do with Buddha. It's not consistent with my knowledge of Buddhism. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess if that's the worst this episode does, that's pretty good. I'll I'll take that as a win. Uh, there's there's sort of like a what is, it's
0: brazier, right? Is, isn't that the word? Like Ooh, for like kind yeah. of like fire. There's like a, a brazier basically like a,
1: meaning like a metal platter that holds the fire and the coals. Uh, there's a green flame and then like a
0: poof. And then this this um, hooded figure—it's like a white a white cloak with sort of like green trim—and
1: it it also looks a little bit uh, like an Eastern an Asian style robe. And there's one quality of this person that I noticed—I didn't even realize cartoons did this to Asian people until I saw it right this time. But he had pointy fingers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh huh. And I think I guess that's because like it's a it's a thing amongst some Chinese men that they have long fingernails or historically that's is that a thing. I think-
0: I think there might be something historically, and then it was just popularized with, like, the whole, like, Fu Manchu
1: thing. Yeah. Fu
0: Manchu, like, always has, like, really, like, long, like, sharp fingernails.
1: I think of it as something with a grain of reality to it, like, a long time ago, but in every cartoon I can, like, it triggered. I was like, oh my gosh, they always do that. They portray Asians as having pointy, like, claw-like hands. It's pretty terrible. Basically, uh, he he says to two
0: uh, figures who look like they're wearing masks, um... Shaggy will later on the in the episode call them the scare pair, and we might as well just call them that from mm-hmm. from this point on because it makes it so much easier.
1: I'm glad you zeroed in on the best nickname they had for
0: them. Let's do that—the scare pair. They look like they're wearing sort of like traditional like ninja style outfits.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, like kimono and pants kimono. I I don't know. It is look. It looks like karate outfits to me. Dark color karate outfits. Uh, with 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 no. a hood
0: and then like these white masks. Um, that made me think of. The Jabberwockies, The Jabberwockies, Yeah, the Jabberwockies are like a... Re- they're actually world famous. They're like an internationally renowned dance crew. Uh, and they're like... I'm pretty sure they're like all Asian. I think they're like mostly Filipino. But yeah, I just thought it was really funny that like... I guess you could, you could make a joke that the Scare Pair are like two lost Jabberwockies.
1: Oh yeah, with like the... What's, what are those hats called? Like those bell-shaped hats. I, I honestly have no idea, but yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about now. And they do look like that. So,
0: we're going to have to take another break really quickly to sort of dig into this. Because um, the the figure in the white, who's obviously, like, the leader of these hmm. two henchmen, the scare pair, tells them, and we're, look, there's an accent. Let's, let's be, like, straight up. Yeah, Tell can we just them, say
1: that and not do it? <laughs> Unless you want to do it, go for I it. I do
0: not want to do it. I... Uh, I he says that the mask of Zentuo must be returned to the temple. But I had to keep listening to it over and over because I couldn't understand what he was saying.
1: Because it almost sounds like Zentuo is supposed to be a thing. Like, he's trying to say an actual word. Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah. I kept, yeah. like, I listened to it five times, and then I just went to the wiki. And then I was like, oh, Zentuo, okay, 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 I, I got it. The,
1: the first time it played, I was already... Shrinking it to one side of the screen and opening up the wiki in the other, and preparing to read along for the whole thing. And and here's the, here's the thing though, Zentuo
0: is voiced by by a Chinese-born American actor named Key Luke. Key has two e's in it, so it's K E Y E. Oh dang! That's the thing. Zentuo has this accent, but I guess you could say
1: that it's not inaccurate. Well, it, they're clearly making him do, I'd say, a racist character of an accent. It's not like, um, not like a, a, a good example, I think, would be Fresh Off the Boat, where they try and do an accent that's very reflective of how individuals actually speak, who have a second language as their mother tongue. Right. It's very much that Mickey Rooney breakfast at Tiffany's kind of voice.
0: It feels, it feels really inauthentic. Um, another thing about Key Luke that I think is really interesting is that he voiced um, he voiced Charlie Chan on the cartoon The Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan.
1: Google incoming.
0: The actual the actual Charlie Chan was like a guy in yellow face makeup. Uh, at
1: least it was Clan with a C. <laughs> Thank God.
0: Um. So I don't know. I like he voices another character who we will get to but I do think it's worth noting that they got an actual Chinese-American actor to voice these Chinese characters.
1: That I, I like that they did that, kind of like they did with almost all of the Globetrotters back when we covered that. They didn't have a whole lot of racism to weigh on the other side of it in that episode, but here they kind of do. But that is the point I'd say in its favor.
0: Yeah, I, I would say it gives them a layer of defense. This isn't like Casey Kasem, like R.I.P. I would never want to say anything bad about him. But, like, in, in the studio, like, putting on his best, like, hot... Um, you know what? I don't even know what the word is. I was going to say hockey sock, but that's not a thing. I don't know. Chops, Chopsuki? There's, like, there's... I don't know. Just, like, archaic, pejorative for, like, Chinese things.
1: Uh, no, Casey Kasem does not do any voices in this episode, fortunately. Unfortunately, Shaggy does. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to Ooh,
0: that. Okay. Let's just... uh let's let's full steam ahead
1: we really need to get to the second minute of this episode (laughs) (laughs) let's just let's just get into it we cut from there to a parade and again this is in chinatown san francisco everyone even though this is 1970 is dressed very traditionally chinese perhaps because it's a parade
0: look i i haven't done the research to check and see what what it was like as far as like integration you know, in, like, like, San Francisco in the 70s with the Chinese-American populace. I have no idea. It, but you're right. It is worth noting they're not wearing, like, jeans.
1: well, Or just, like, suit and tie, which is, was the standard in general back then. And I actually did do a little research. I tried to find any photos I could and date them. And I think you'd have to go back to 1900 to find that that was the standard yeah, for new immigrants. Like,
0: like when they were, like, building the railroads. Yeah, like,
1: you'd have to come right when they came back over. After a few years, let alone a few generations, people get a feel for the local fashion. Uh, but that said, there are... No doubt there were always going to be pockets in Chinatown of individuals who preserve that element of culture, and that was a good thing, and that should be good, but that is an aspect here.
0: And, and, like, here, like, I live right... I live in one of the Chinatowns in Toronto, and, like, there are some older people who look like they're wearing like more traditional dress Mm. so yeah i mean you're you're exactly right
1: not a bad thing but it is i would have liked to see some variety or some uh some demonstration of the the various levels of integration that happened that are great because at no point is anyone not in traditional garb in this episode
0: uh since it's it's a chinese new year's parade there is like a dragon you know there's, there's uh with the you know the people inside of it like you all know what i'm talking about
1: oh yeah definitely that's that's a thing we don't have to describe that you guys know what we mean um, but the the dragon dupe is basically a thing where Scooby and Shaggy. no, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: uh, there's this whole thing about how the gang is watching, and they're having like a good time, and you know, mm-hmm. they're just, they're, I guess they're being like respectful. They're just, you know, they're watching the show. What's interesting is that in spite of the fact that there doesn't appear to be anyone in front of them, Scooby is sitting on Shaggy's shoulders.
1: Which should really not be necessary especially Sha- Shaggy,
0: Shaggy is also like particularly he's a he's a very tall man.
1: Nevertheless Scooby is on his shoulders and because Scooby's like trying to maintain a grip on Shaggy's head for stability, he's covering Shaggy's eyes so Shaggy can't see the parade. And Scooby Scooby
0: has a few lines. Like Shaggy says that he can't see a thing besides Scoob's big paws and Scooby like says like uh like, like I know and like he like giggles to himself. I thought Scooby's voice was really weird in this episode.
1: I I'm glad you mentioned it. Don Messick apparently voiced Scooby in this episode, but you could be forgiven for thinking it was literally anyone but Don Messick. That voice would be believable as a first attempt at the character.
0: It feels really messy. It feels really rough around the edges.
1: When we get to a couple of parts, I'm going to listen to it and imitate it back, because I want people to be able to... It's ridiculous. My thing, when Scooby was laughing, did you? Feeling? I don't know.
0: I, I'm, I'm not sure what you're referring to, but yeah, tell me. There
1: are a couple moments where they kind of pull faces that do the buck teeth thing and they slitted do. eyes. Yeah, like and a little bit. The first time Scooby laughs, the first time we see him, he covers his mouth and does that buck tooth laugh with slitted eyes. And it's the expression. It feels like we dove into the deep end of racism in yeah, the first and moment. You're
0: right. And it's sort of like, why is this necessary? Or like, why is this happening?
1: Yeah. Why is Scooby doing this of all people? It's, uh. I,
0: I And, you know, look, I'm going to tell all of our listeners right now, just to put them at ease, one of my least favorite um, racial stereotypes or jokes when it comes to, like, East Asian people is that, like, they eat dogs. And they do not make any references to, like, Scooby's life being, like, in <sighs> danger at any point, which I think even they realized was too ugly, was like too racially like insensitive.
1: I think it's because they would have had to explain that stereotype to to do that stereotype and it would have tanked the episode to go for one of the characters to be like, oh yeah, and it's such and such, and it would have been. Dogs. And it would have been Velma too, she, you know what I mean? <laughs> Velma like, who
0: can read Chinese, oh man. It, Look, well, that to say, some people, in... some people in East Asian countries, like hmm. dogs are eaten, but it's not like this widespread. Like everyone eats
1: dogs. Like people own dogs, like they have dogs as pets. But it is weird that they choose some of the littlest moments to do things like that.
0: What is really interesting, and it's we we've made a lot of cracks about um, the gang being in, in, in like cities or being in places that you would think have like a high population, yet um, they're very sparsely populated.
1: They don't want to take the trouble to draw a whole bunch of each unique secondary characters who have no lines.
0: It's like um, like you mentioned them being in, in San Francisco for I left my neck in San Francisco mm. um, but most of those locales most of those areas were like devoid of,
1: uh,
0: of just you know like just people like walking around
1: yeah generally there was just one person and it was the person they were going there to meet. And, and the thing about
0: this, and look, I appreciate... Look, it's, it's a parade, so there has to be a crowd of people. There have to, there, ha, there has to be an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great that there are so many, like, Chinese faces. Like, I actually
1: thought that was kind of nice to, like, see... Yeah. It didn't seem like they were caricatures either. It seems like they portrayed them just in the style of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Doo. it looks
0: like they were just, like, drawn, like, people. Yeah. I, I think one of the problems, and I don't think this was, like, a race thing, and I don't... I, it was just, like, when Scooby and Shaggy, eventually they, like, fall over... Because, look, you can't have, like, a, a full-grown Great Dane on a man's shoulders. Not, let alone it's, in a cartoon. It's, like, unfeasible long-term. When they fall over, um, the people in the back, it, they're just a static image. They're not mm. animated. So it looks like they're just a backdrop. And then there's a cut to, like, all of them reacting. But it's just, like, it's definitely... It, there's a, it's just to let people know that there's a reason that older cartoons don't have crowds... It's because they inevitably, they inevitably just become part of the background, like you can't
1: animate like every single one of these people. And another just a little thing to their credit is that they did do a big crowd of Asian people and they did draw each one unique and they didn't resort to caricature where it would have been easier and might have been a, a funny gag or whatever, but they, uh, they treat them as they might have treated any other crowd. The parade I guess has wrapped up and, um, and Velma recommends that they check out one of the local curio shops. I love that phrase. I can't remember the last time I heard Curio Shop outside of, like, a, an episode of Sherlock Holmes or something.
0: Yeah, I, I, I quite liked it. Um, they head on in. Uh, and this is the other character who is uh, who's voiced by Key Luke. Um, his name is... Uh, oh, sorry. Is that right?
1: I think this is just a one-time character. I yeah, this Dr. Is a- Wong comes later, or Mr. Wong comes later. Uh, Fong.
0: Um, a. a Fong. So, sorry, this is, this is a different character. He offers to... Um, be, like, right off the bat, he uh, he says... Perhaps you would be interested in this golden mask. Which is like, go for it.
1: I mean, like, good on him for doing the hard sell. I was just about to say the line that follows, but what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, yeah, he doesn't even upsell them. He just, like,
0: goes, you know, he goes, like, straight for, like, the prime item. He doesn't, like, try to, like, ease them into it. He's just, like, golden (laughs) mask. Do you want it?
1: <laughs> a smart, magical curio shop owner will wait for you to ask what the monkey's paw at the top shelf does. And then he'll tell you how much you don't want to buy that. And then that'll draw you whip, But no, he's just like, yeah, hey, want a mask? And um, Might be cursed. Sorry, wh- what were you going to say about it? In response, Fred, very briefly, says, I prefer clown faces.
0: Okay, what did I write down? I wrote, no thanks, palm faces are more my thing. I and think it was clown faces. You're he said, probably right. Point. I listened to it a bunch and could not make heads or tails of it. I wrote down my best guess.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure it was clown faces.
0: And so so yeah. yeah. So Fred says no thanks. Clown faces are more my Which thing. Which is so disturbing. And it gets like a laugh out of the studio audience.
1: <laughs> I guess maybe were clowns still cool back then. Back then they weren't yet just horror horror like items? it. It had not yet. Um, come out i think wait what had not yet come out uh it like stephen king's it yeah but what movie hadn't come out yet tell me about it (sighs) like i don't know if i've seen it man uh (laughs) in response (laughs) i think daphne is interested in the mask isn't she she's interested like immediately she's
0: like she's like oh she thinks it's groovy she's like i'll take it which according to the scooby-doo wiki is one of the first hints at daphne coming from wealth in that she does not think twice about purchasing a golden mask.
1: Yeah, and she, she likes that kind of sh- display of wealth. That's interesting. Oh, so um, so they've purchased the mask. Oh, really quick. I, I just got to put a bow on that scene. For sure. sure. Shaggy, Shaggy responds to her wanting the mask by saying, oh, what do you want to do? Scare up some boyfriends? Kind of an, an odd dig at wh- someone who's the most conventionally attractive person. Yeah, it, it really
0: is. <laughs> like... And I guess if he had said it about Velma, it would have
1: felt extremely mean-spirited. Ooh, really mean. But as it is, it, it feels like he's pulling her pigtails, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, he's being a jerk to try and he's win like her He's, like, snapping interest. her bra straps to, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you... yeah, I like mine better. <laughs> I'm
0: just saying, if you want to age it up a little bit by, like, five <laughs> years... Can you age it up
1: from bra straps? Now I genuinely want to know.
0: Ah, oh, man, I don't know what's next after that. Oh, you know what? My i'm we're not doing any more bits we're not doing any Wait, more he's, bits he's Sorry, reply all in her some, email if I, say, if I say something will you no you're, you're not gonna edit it out we're just gonna we're just gonna move on uh um
1: as they walk out of the shop velma says come on clowns referring to scooby and shaggy which if fred said clown faces maybe he meant he prefers shaggy and scooby's faces if they're the clown, it might be a very sweet thing that he just said. <laughs> that just makes what he said mean. But they're his clown faces. They, he loves them.
0: Um, in, in an alley just off of the curio shop, the Scare Pair, who I want to call the Um <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd say I like Scare Pair, but you can call them whatever you like. They're, they're in the alley, uh, and and they end up going into the store and asking where the mask is. The shopkeeper says, oh, he doesn't have it. It was just purchased by a young girl.
1: Which good on him. He, based on where they're located, could have easily said white girl, or even redheaded girl, but young girl. Almost like good on you, man. I like to think that there's like several
0: hours of the scare <laughs> pair just like haranguing young young Chinese women, asking them if they've taken the where they've taken the mask,
1: and, and they're passing by Daphne each time. Like no, he would have said white girl if it was her. Of course he would have said that. It's Chinatown. Well, I don't know what angle I'm trying to take there.
0: He doesn't see... He's like you. He uh, He doesn't see race. He he doesn't see race. No, sorry. He doesn't see members of other races. You do see race. You don't see size. Oh, yeah, that's right. George Foreman, Gary Coleman, what's the difference,
1: really? They're the same to me. Okay, back to the episode. I I will voice now the exact noise I made right at the beginning of this episode.
0: They're going to go get some food. Food is Shaggy's favorite hobby. He says that... He also says that he wants to order a chop suey malt. I want to make note here. They make reference to chop suey, I think, three times in this episode.
1: Which is weird, because System of the Down wasn't even a thing yet. Okay. First of all, (laughs) shut up.
0: Second of all, uh, were there no other... Chinese foods that people knew about at this point in the '70s.
1: Yeah, and also, why were the eyes of the horse on the jet pilot? Uh, is that how it goes? Oh no, chop suey is uh, really makeup.
0: Why? You put on a
1: little makeup. Oh, you're right. I got the wrong System of a Down song. Those are the only two ones I know. I only
0: know chop suey. I have. No, I don't know any other uh, System of a Down songs. Give me one sec. I just. I'm curious, are you gonna that? look up the lyrics? We can, look, listen, you can edit this so
1: it sounds like you you nailed the bit. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I can pretend to be smart, man. Okay, it's Jet Pilot. That's the song I'm thinking of. Um, so
0: anyway, I just, like, I guess my question is, at this point in time, you, like the 70s, was, like, sweet mm. and sour pork not, like, in the public consciousness?
1: I, I feel really dumb for saying this, but what is chop suey? Because I, I don't remember the last time I had that
0: uh chops su- it's just a it's just a noodle dish,
1: oh yeah, it's super basic, uh but they reference it a million times that's uh that's their three times gag
0: yeah it's just like surely surely like kung Pao or chicken or like general so's chicken or something must have been within like the public consciousness they say chop suey over and over like they have no other Chinese points of reference
1: <laughs> Like they, there's no no other Chinese foods it does feel like they have. Just a small handful of references that they know are safe to make, one of which is fireworks, which are like, oh, yeah, that's that's totally on message. So, yeah, Shaggy wants a a chop suey malt, chop suey malt. Uh, They're
0: accosted by the scare pair and they want the mask. And Daphne, here's the thing. Look, can I in our outro to last week's episode? We talk a lot about being brave uh, because we hate (laughs) we're, we're not for white
1: nationalists. We just recorded that not half an hour ago. And uh and yeah, we talked a lot about how dang brave we are. How but, heroic verging on being just straight up heroes. But I would say in reality, I am not a brave man. No man, dude, I'm a coward. You know that, <laughs> Tommy. Right?
0: Or I would I would say that there there's a there's an element of like cravenness to yeah. uh to how cowardly i might become when when placed in danger yeah it's, uh, like one or, or two episodes
1: say, ago you were talking about how you find craven this hilarious perhaps because it's I as do. if you've seen yourself on screen think that's what it is i really do <laughs> think that's what it is uh
0: if if i was stuck if i if someone held me up and were like hey man give me like give me your wallet
1: i would give him my wallet yeah almost regardless of how big or threatening seeming he is or she is and the smaller that person is the, the greater the implied threat of what they could possibly do, what they know how to do. Absolutely, man. But she holds her ground. Yeah, we want the mask. And Daphne's like, oh, no, I'm not going to give it
0: to you. Which is like, oh, like, Daphne, you're already rich?
1: Yeah, actually, this is maybe uh, counteracting that point that she's like, I mean, either she's more entitled for thinking she can survive this. This has never happened. She's never even imagined this situation. Or she really isn't that rich. And this was a lot of money for her. A really weird thing
0: happens next, and and it's it's so strange um, in that Scooby is thought of as a as a cowardly dog, but not in the same way that Courage the Cowardly Dog is because courage, courage will
1: always fight. Courage fights through his cowardliness. He always does stuff,
0: but Scooby in like more modern incarnations is just like really like craven and cowardly. But I think yeah. in the early days it was like they weren't sure how cowardly
1: to make him. Maybe that's, I, I don't know why I'm just thinking of this now, but maybe that's, like, one of the fundamental jokes of Scooby-Doo. Is that in, in any other media like this, or any Hardy Boys-type book like this, the dog is your protector. It's almost like your weapon. But here, it's useless because he's a coward.
0: Yeah. He's, like, he's a fraidy cat, but he's a dog. Like, yeah. that would be
1: kind of like a, a little, like, joke in and of itself. And today, it's so accepted, it's not even a joke. But here, they seem to be playing on that joke a little bit. Because Velma says, quick, Scooby, make, like, a watchdog.
0: Uh, and so he, he, mes- he menaces them in a very scrappy, duesque esque fashion.
1: Oh, it's so awkward when he, like, he walks up to them on his hind legs and like does a little bit of pugilistic or pugilistic du- raising of his dukes. The way he walked up to them, I do a little bit of uh, improv comedy, that's a hobby. It made me think of someone who is very not confident getting on stage for improv, like getting a scene prompt they're not comfortable with or confident on. Because he seems so awkward doing that scene. Not like a confident joke. One thing I did
0: like about this, I know you were saying that it looks really awkward and like not not super great, uh, is, is that Scoob does the cartoon visual gag of like flexing his biceps and making them big and then all of a sudden those biceps like flop downwards.
1: Do they flop downwards and also he has a negative space where his bones should be? Does it do that thing as well?
0: No, not okay, in this not one. That in this one it's more like it's like arm fat. But I really like that visual gag like i i think it's very funny oh a really weird thing happens right after that that little gag so scooby runs into a laundry into a
1: laundromat oh this and was so this was maybe the ugliest part of the episode in terms of racial stereotypes it's not it's not no I, I think i don't think it
0: is first of all it's weird that he runs into a laundry a laundromat that says chinese
1: laundry on it <laughs> in chinatown you could You're just it. say laundry in Chinese. <laughs> okay, you... Apparently,
0: this really got you. Please please tell our listeners uh, what takes place next.
1: He goes in there and someone talks... I, I wrote down Ching Chong nonsense to him in that it's fake Asian-speak and it's really a racist caricature. Scooby-Doo, in response, talks Scooby nonsense in a uh, Asian accent back to that person, and then Scooby runs out of the laundromat with a shirt presser as if they just had a conversation. And to me, it basically says that that language is basically nonsense. And, and if Scooby-Doo can speak nonsense, he can communicate with them. I mean, S- Scooby... Scooby ostensibly speaks
0: Chinese. Wow, that is a generous reading, man. <laughs> I, here's, here's the thing. I, I know almost no Chinese at all. I know how to say, like,
1: don't want eat rice i think that's it so if the time ever comes where you don't want to eat rice you are set man you can go to china and eat as little (laughs) rice as you want i just don't see that happening like honestly (laughs) yeah you learned the most useless phrase in the world to you uh i i guess you're
0: right you're right you're right in that it's generous i just i can't i have no way of fact checking When 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 i saw this episode i was like oh man should i like show this clip to, like, a Mandarin or a Cantonese-speaking friend, and I just, like, I just didn't have the time or, like, the resources. But I, I think that your reading is not only valid but likely, in that it's just gibberish both ways. Sco- Scooby uses the the shirt presser to make a steam smoke machine, and, and then they skedaddle.
1: They go visit Mr. Fong, him being the only Oriental art dealer in this town.
0: Uh, he is voiced by... he's he's He is the other character who's voiced by Key Luke, uh, he tells mm. them that this golden mask, it was stolen many centuries ago. It came from the crypt of a great warlord named Zentuo. Uh, his ghost has returned to claim the mask, and he is uh, accompanied by uh, two figures known as the emissaries of the living dead.
1: Yes, the undead emissaries, or zombies, as uh, as Shaggy refers to them.
0: And this is one of those things I find really endearing about sort of like Chinese to English translations. Oh. there's like they're in english but they sound c- way cooler like dc comics at one point had a uh hmm. had like sort of like a superhero team called the great 10 uh but they had like all of these names that were like ostensibly chinese translated into english but like the leader was called like um like o- like august general in iron uh, and there was like another uh, hero named like Mother like Mother of Champions and they just like they sound really cool in a way that like if you had I guess just like the normal English translation like just like if, if it was if you understood Chinese like maybe they wouldn't be like if you were a native speaker.
1: <laughs> I mean some of these sound like anime names accomplished perfect physician
0: yeah no that's what i mean though i just think that there's something very like endearing about the language barrier and how it's crossed and and the resulting uh the resulting names or whatever so yeah like emissaries of the living dead has this certain like charm to it or like this certain like appeal
1: oh yeah now that you brought up i have to read off a couple more ghost fox killer um immortal man in darkness dang shaolin robot that sounds like a cartoon I would definitely watch. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. So I'm, I'm just saying, I, that I thought was like, sure,
0: I, I buy that. Like, you can almost imagine like Fong being like, oh, like, how do I, like, what are the right English words with which to describe this? Oh, Emissaries of
1: the Living Dead. I, I think that's giving them quite a lot of, uh, again, that's a generous reading on what I think they were just like, oh, what sounds like a little bit of a stilted formal term for this? I think they ate zombies and worked back from there. Yeah?
0: Can I also say, um, whenever I think of the word emissary, uh, there was... Japan had a live-action Spider-Man show. (laughs) What? And and he had, like, a Zord. You know, he had, like... He had, like, a... Yeah, for real, Spider-Man had, like, a robot that he could, like, get into and fight stuff with. But Spider-Man also referred to himself... Uh, As the emissary of hell.
1: (laughs) Dude, that's like Italian Spider-Man. That's like, that. that's almost better.
0: Yeah, if you, if you look it up, you'll see it's, it's like, it's a Japanese Spider-Man. And if you look at the, if you read like the little like sub, like caption subtitle, it'll say like, I'm Spider-Man, like the emissary of hell. And that's what it, that also is what it makes me think of. And that's also one of those like translation things, you know, like.
1: Um, man, where are we at this point? I think. Oh yeah, the 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 gang is now driving in the van. They're trying to get away in the mystery machine, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, Fong basically tells them, if, as long as you have the mask, you'll be in danger.
1: And Daphne still refuses to give it up. <laughs> and what ensues as they're escaping in the mystery machine is a San Francisco chase scene uh, as they're being chased by these two zombies in another car.
0: I think it's Shaggy who quips I didn't know zombies could drive cars. Uh, but they're chased by, um, by the zombies who are in, in a or sorry, the scare pair. And they're like in a black sedan, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty plain looking car, at least compared to the mystery machine. But um, it's a pretty, pretty awesome chase scene. And,
0: and yeah, to take that particular box off, it's a musical chase scene. Um, it's the song played is I Can Make You Happy performed by George A. Robertson Jr. And it's great it's so good
1: it's exactly what it should be it's so hippy dippy it's
0: it's just like jangly and like yeah and like happy and the lyrics are like i love you and if you love me like i could i can make you happy it's it's like i want to listen to it as soon as we're done recording
1: happy yeah i my only hiccup with it was as it was leading into the course and it said there's a lot that i can show you and if you want to go there i can get you in how deep and i was like hang on how deep and I looked up like, oh, that's happy. They're saying happy. Never mind.
0: I I uh, I can just imagine you. What was it like two years ago? Listening to the radio, listening to a very popular Pharrell jam, and just be and, and sing-
1: um how deep. Clap <laughs> <laughs> your Trap hands. Clap your hands if
0: you feel that. like a room without a roof. <laughs> cause I'm, cause I'm how, how deep. deep? <laughs> Oh my gosh! All like all I can think of is just like like Michelle Branch's very popular tune of the early aughts. Um, Are you how deep now?
1: Woo! <laughs> Are you how deep now? <laughs> you know what I listened to all throughout high school. Well, what? That, <laughs> that in Lincoln Park. Man, Michelle Branch.
0: Apparently, Michelle Branch was in Toronto semi recently. Like one of my friends went to see her, and I'm super. I was super jealous. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's it's great. Um, and it is. We don't. I mean, we don't have to. Yeah. Uh, dwell too long on this. It's a very
1: fast and furious type chase scene. That really makes a lot of use of San Francisco, which I think we all know has extremely varied elevation. Like, the roads are incredibly windy, up and down, up and down, so a lot of room for jumps and stuff like that.
0: Like, things go off the rails, like, no pun intended, I guess, <laughs> in that, um, the Mr. Machine literally drives at a doorman underneath, like, the canopy. Oh, yeah! Of, and, like, straight into a hotel lobby, up the stairs,
1: and then just, like, out a balcony? And those are the only other white characters we see this episode are the, uh, the members of that lobby, st- that hotel oh staff. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I think and, when it and... gets to the roof, it starts jumping from rooftop to rooftop, doesn't it? Right, which is, like,
0: so Fast and the Furious. To have, mm. like, cars chasing each other across rooftops. It's bonkers. Yeah. But also, but still scored by, like, this incredible song. Um, uh, at one point, um, because of the nature of their mystery machine and the fact that, like, they only have so many seats, I guess Scoob falls out the back yeah thankfully he is not then immediately run over
1: by the scare pair in their vehicle as you as you might expect you no know, fortunately he just kind of like combat rolls and um uh, give me one sec he like sticks out a thumb yeah
0: so yeah he- oh you're you're trying to talk around all of the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> He's trying to talk around the noises that it sounds like MT7 is purposefully making. It does sound like
1: that. <laughs> 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 oh, is that ice? Can I do it for you? Yeah, please. <laughs> <You're> <laughs>
0: <down>. <laughs> okay, so um, Scooby falls out the back and Ooh. is instantly just flattened. <laughs> by by the scare pair in their sedan. It's grisly. It is all of the budget for the animation budget. I guess went into them just smearing this great dame across the streets of San Francisco. The
1: remaining 15 minutes is the cleanup crew and the CSI setting up. The chalk outline that looks like a Cthulhu-like monster landed there. (laughs) Oh, man. That's not quite what happens. Fortunately, Scooby rolls harmlessly out, but when he gets up and tries to hitchhike up to catch up with the gang, he probably should have expected that the car right behind them was going to be the, uh, the scare pair.
0: They're the ones who try to pick him up. Uh, he slams the door on them. Uh, he then hops on what I would call a tricycab, or that's what we call them in the Philippines.
1: That's a good word for it. I had bike rickshaw. Which is what I think of it as. Because um, it's kind of like a rickshaw with like a, a carriage thing on the back that you might carry uh, transport people with, right?
0: In Thailand, they had tuk-tuks, which are, I guess, motorcycle
1: rickshaws? Basically. Like the smart man's rickshaw.
0: <laughs> yeah, the modern
1: man's rickshaw. It's true, okay. the modern man's rickshaw. It is
0: really weird to hear the words rickshaw and modern in the same uh, f- phrase.
1: But Scooby does manage to use the, what's it, a tricep? Uh, I, I would call it a tricycab, or that's what we call them in the Philippines. A tricycab. He bikes this tricycab up, and he does catch up with the gang.
0: And what happens is the Mystery Machine, what what causes them to eventually uh, lose the chase scene or, or be caught is that there's a banana peel in the road, which seems
1: almost too cartoony. It was too hard to animate Chop Suey in the middle of the road. So they're like, hey, let's go with what we know. We got the frames ready i mean this is like
0: literal like mario kart rules do you know what i mean oh absolutely no that's exactly what it looked like and that's exactly what happens is that what like once the mr machine hits banana peel they um what's it uh what's it called fishtail is that what's it i don't i don't drive so
1: it does it, yeah, does it it's, spin out fishtail would be if the back lo- the back wheels lose traction oh yeah no like if it spins maintain. like in a circle What's the term yeah, for Yeah, it spins out, I think. Yeah. That's, that's what uh, I mean. Just
0: like in Mario Kart, and it, it crashes into a net
1: full of fish. And then a little cloud creature picks them up with a fishing line and brings them back on the road. Uh, uh, uh yeah. Lakitu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not what happens. They're stuck with a fish.
0: And what happens is that uh, when they come to, because they're buried in fish, uh, they can see Daphne has been taken away by the scare pair. They've kidnapped her.
1: And Scooby's voice here was so weird. I'm gonna have to take a minute, listen to it, and then convey it back to you.
0: Yeah, do it. Because again, it's very off. Out, out, it, whatever it, off model would be for audio. He goes,
1: Raggy! Raggy! <laughs> and Shaggy says, Scooby? <laughs> they both sound nothing like either of them at any point.
0: It's like, I I would even say, maybe the audio got corrupted for the... For the version i was watching but we watched different versions
1: my my honest guess is that they got someone else to fill in for both of their voices at that part <laughs> that they needed a little extra bit of dialogue and they were like f it we're like just hey dan can you do this yeah sure dude honestly so bad like it's, they sound awful that is the worst voice acting i have heard maybe in the last year altogether and i listen to i watch a lot of animation yeah i actually wrote down here in my
0: notes Uh, what is wrong with Scoop's voice? It's horrible. Like, that's what I wrote here in my notes. Like, like, you or I could have done a better job.
1: Easily. Anyone, I want to say anyone could have done a better job. Even the person who did this, I feel like, could have done a better job, no matter who it was. I don't know why we're talking. uh, Anyway, that distracts the gang long enough that the, the rest do make off with Daphne and the mask. And my question is, why did they kidnap Daphne? Why did they take Daphne? All they need is the mask. It's not like Daphne knows anything. Yeah, it's, it's actually incredibly disturbing that they kidnapped Daphne along with the mask. I think later on, the reason that we'll look back and say is that they wanted to get rid of witnesses, but all five were witnesses. And the
0: implications are pretty troubling. Yeah, like, why they wanted let's... Daphne
1: specifically. I think the best reading is that they needed to create a motivation for the gang to come after them. Oh, so that they could then trap the rest of the gang. Yeah, I think it would have made more sense narratively to have them get Daphne, but not manage to get the mask. That way, they've got—that's the reason they took—they're D- holding on to Daphne is to get the gang to bring the mask, and the gang needs to do that.
0: Oh yeah, 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 for sure, I agree. Uh, what What happens next is that they ask Scoob to try to sniff sniff him out, uh, which he can't do. He can't follow the trail because there's fish everywhere. He's gone nose blind, mm. uh, just like Fabrice.
1: I guess. <laughs> I was thinking, man, that's a great term. Okay. I'll back my respect a little bit, knowing that came from a Febreze commercial. <laughs> um,
0: luckily, they do find a scrap of paper that has, I guess, some just like lines on it. Uh, and they can't make heads nor, or sorry, it's Velma specifically who says, I can read Chinese,
1: but I can't make heads nor tails of it." And, and when we look at that paper, it's clearly written in like a Chinese font or, Or what have you but you can more or less kind of tell what it's supposed to say right it's definitely a Chinese font yeah like like if you
0: went into word you could probably find it somewhere
1: Uh, and you can almost see what it says just from a glance at it but we do have a, a a moment where Scooby puzzles it out it's so
0: perplexing that Scooby is the one who figures it out because it means that he can read oh yeah oh dang how did I not think of that? Yeah, that, that's, that Scooby-Doo, the dog, is is literate. He, he's a
1: literate animal. And he found the slip of paper for them, too. It's not like he needed a part in solving the mystery. What, Anyone what, else could have observed what Scooby observed, which was the paper's reflection upside down in Velma's glasses.
0: When it, The reflection uh, says... He, I mean, he takes it over to um, one of the rearview mirrors of the mystery machine to show the rest of the gang... Uh, and they can see that it says the temple in the hills Uh, luckily for velma she knows exactly where that is she also knows that it's supposed to be haunted
1: okay now let's take a moment this is san francisco every temple is a temple in the hills
0: (laughs) that's a yeah that's a really great point they they make their way to the temple they're inside there's a little bit uh, we should be going through this faster but there's a little bit where Um, Scooby's teeth are chattering, and they're like, Scoob, like, like, shut, shut up, you know, like, stop, stop your teeth from chattering.
1: This is, I'm glad we're touching on this guy, because it's a, a classic trope.
0: He then uses his paws to, like, try, try to stop himself.
1: And that's not the only part of himself that's vibrating. Also, I just sent you an email on this subject with my favorite screen I hope you get to use. Um, his tail is erect and vibrating with fear, and he turns around... Shushes his tail and then kind of laughs a little bit at it. <laughs> but I think this screenshot is pretty versatile. I no, I was already going to take a screenshot. I can actually
0: take a GIF of of this. Please one. do,
1: because the fact that it's vibrating makes it even it's, more.
0: Um, it's vibrating like one of those like uh those things on a tuning fork. No, no, no. On um, you would see it on the on the molding. Like the door would open and hit it, like one of those. If there's like a little spring. That a door...
1: Oh, yeah, like one of those springy door stops.
0: Yeah, they prevent doors from, like, slamming uh, open. Yeah. From slamming open. Oh, yeah. That's what his tail reminded me of.
1: It was an odd thing that they went that direction as well. I would have I cut it off at the teeth chattering. That was pleasing <laughs> and enough. Okay, so um, Zentouo has his mask.
0: Before, he was just a hooded
1: figure. Now Zentuo is actually wearing the mask on his face and observing the gang from up high in the temple, so he's kind of got the drop on him. And it's unfortunate for that reason that the gang chooses to split up. Uh, because Velma uh,
0: is the only female left, and that Daphne has been taken, Fred and Velma are together. Uh, he notes that there's nothing in here but a bunch of dragons and statues. All of a sudden,
1: one of those statues opens outwards. Yes, and uh, of course they walk right into that doorway. It's odd here that we don't see them step on a lever or anything like that or bump something that opens the doors or,
0: like, or yeah or like uh set off a tripwire
1: exactly that you'd normally think they'd stumble into opening a door but this just opens on its own they walk in and there's Daphne tied all tied up she's next to a uh, kind of kind
0: of romantic actually it's like a wine bottle with a candle set on top it,
1: it's not a it looks like they gave her a good t- it looks like they she was comfortable before they tied her and gag- tied her up and gagged her and she is gagged as well uh and it's one of those things where like
0: Oh, like I can't understand what they're saying. Like
1: they're gagged and they can only speak. Rrr. Like, rrr, 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 and rrr, then, rrr, rrr, rrr. and then, and the funny thing for me is that they're like, she's like, rrr, 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 and they're like, it looks like Daphne's trying to talk to us. Is that it, Daphne? And she like nods, and then they take the mask off of her. Like, <laughs> if if she didn't have anything to say to them, they would have left they, it on. They
0: treated her like Lassie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Did you know that Lassie could talk, but only when they allowed Lassie to talk, which they was never... They treated
0: Daphne like more of a dog than they do Scooby-Doo. Ooh.
1: At least they didn't make any jokes about eating her this episode. I'll just be glad for that. Uh, it is it is one of those, like, sort of classic tropes where they go to to gag the person, and as soon as they do, the person's like, it's a trap! And the door slams shut behind them, and Daphne informs them that, that no, unfortunately... They're locked in here now. There is no way out. It's hard to ascertain how she
0: would have known that tied up and gagged on this chair. I thought
1: the same thing. Maybe maybe she was given free reign of the cell before they tied her up. That's the only explanation I got.
0: So their only hope is Scooby and Shaggy. Which,
1: briefly, they bemoan. They're like, okay, if that's our only hope. Yeah, well, let's, like, you know, yeah. Make say our final
0: prayers control. or what have you. Um, This is... It's great. I I like... I like watching Scooby and Shaggy break off, which is... It's gonna... It's gonna turn horrific really fast. I'm gonna enjoy us getting to that point. Yeah. Because there's this lovely... I really like this scene in which there's a curtain like... Like, I wonder what's behind this curtain, Scoob. Uh, Scoob says, 'er Oh, (laughs) Rower? Yeah. It's exactly it.
1: (laughs) Not a shower, Scoob.
0: Look, he does not say a shower like that. He says it much worse. Because again...
1: They found someone who is not
0: Don Messick to voice Scooby-Doo for some reason.
1: He he sounds like they just recorded a guy off the street who they didn't even ask to do a Scooby-Doo impression. They just asked him to read the line.
0: Uh, and I re- and then there's another gag in which um Shaggy says like Scoob, like are you a, like are you a dog or a mouse? Uh, and Scoob pretends to be a mouse. He kind of does that unfortunate like when he does the buck teeth thing
1: here. You're kind of like oh he's a mouse. Yeah, he's doing it as a mouse, but. You kind of already, especially given the scene that's coming, you there are like strains of problematic it's, imagery. It's an a not a pretty thread that runs through this episode, but uh, so it's ultimately Shaggy that needs to bust through this curtain on his own, and when he does, he kind of stumbles. Well, he hold on, hold on. The the icing on the cake is oh yeah, and I
0: guess this is like the logic of a child, um, which I, I still think is great, um, is that he says, oh, it's up to me to take a look." But what you can't see can't hurt you. So he, oh, he covers it. his eyes and walks through the curtain.
1: Yeah, like he told Scooby to go through just because he didn't want to see what was yeah, through there. It, he had no problem putting himself in danger. He's doing it more so now than anything else would have done. It's a, it's a coward's logic, um, but I found it delightful. Like, I thought it was really good. <laughs> yes, that, that craven logic really resonated with you.
0: Uh, like I think you were going to say, he does, he like um, trips over an end table, or there's like a vase or whatever. Uh, another thing that they see inside of this room behind this curtain is that Zentuo is there, and do you want do you want to say what happens next? How Shaggy and Scooby get away from Zentuo?
1: I, it's it's a pretty awesome gag. They should have stopped with this gag. Um, I I don't really like it. I think it's too weird. It's so weird. I kind of liked it. <laughs> this was just far enough over the edge that I loved it, and that Shaggy. I don't even think he says anything to Scooby. I think it's just understood. He's like, let's get out of here. And he, like, <laughs> jumps on Scooby's back, revs Scooby's ears, like he's jazzing up a motorbike, and then does drive off on this Scoober bike. It's uh, it's too weird for me. I just, it's too weird. I, I don't like it. It might work as a, if this were more of a scooby Doop like in a, a motorcycle or car-related episode where they're, like, trying to get in good with a bunch of Hell's Angels or something like that. This would be great. It just doesn't really fit here.
0: Zentuo eventually catches up with them. Uh, and then there's this little... There's, this is not This is not a Scooby-Doo. Because um, Scooby and, Sh- Scoob and Shag have a little conversation. Like, what do we do? Scooby says something that I could not make out because, again, his voice actor is terrible. And Shag says, uh, you mean bluff him? So Shag is like, yeah, okay. Let's, let's bluff Zentuo.
1: Yeah, in really loud stage whispers with Zentuo right in front of them but apparently he doesn't hear or he's happy to go along with it. So he he has a stick, and he
0: says, cross this line. Uh, he says... That Shaggy yeah, says Shaggy this, Yeah, Shaggy says it, and he says, I know uh, Judo, Chop Suey, again, Chop Suey, and Chinese mm-hmm. checkers, which is like, all right, Chinese checkers, sure, that's a thing.
1: You at least got a third item I in there. I think
0: Judo's Japanese. Yeah, I,
1: I don't know. He, Th- this gag, I was going to say, it brought to mind for me Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam. I'm pretty sure that's the place that it's more well known as where it's a repeated drawing of lines in the sand uh i also like this i also thought that this was kind of funny i love this gag i thought it was great and i this might even predate the one that i'm used to seeing in warner brothers uh where
0: yeah like i'm just gonna keep drawing lines like i bet you like i bet you won't cross this one and zentuo keeps like advancing on them Hmm. Uh, like it's clearly not working
1: in uh in, with Bugs Bunny, he gets the one-up over Yosemite Sam and that. Here, Scooby and Shaggy just have to run away at a certain point. They are running in place for a minute because the rug is being pulled out from under them, on, it, like kind of like a treadmill. Uh, but they manage to get off of that and knock into what looks like a Shiva-Buddha hybrid statue.
0: Yeah, I wrote down here, it's a statue that looks like a Buddha, but it has like Hindu god arms. And they knock the arms off. This is... This is the worst moment
1: of the entire episode. I think you're right. This is the worst moment for us. I think the previous moment. Then again, this is so terrible. I'm I'm gonna let you take the reins on this, man.
0: It's it's so hard for me to. It was really hard for me to watch because the problem. (laughs) So Luke and I, our favorite gag in any episode of Scooby
1: Dudes, in
0: any episode of Scooby Doo, is the Scooby Mm Doop. And as a bit of levity, let's just like. Explain what the Scooby Doop is.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. So the Scooby Doop is where Scooby and Shaggy, when they're being chased by a monster, will pull a gag, pretend they're in a different situation than they're actually in, and get the monster to buy into that situation.
0: Uh, the social pressures are so great that the monster must uh, comply and like and like become a part of, become a part of them.
1: Yes. Scooby and Shaggy have laid out a role for them to play so clearly and enticingly that the monster has to step into it. And you know if they were being chased around in a temple can we think of an example that might have worked better than what actually happened uh, I mean like one thing I kind of thought of not explicitly in the temple
0: but maybe they're like maybe they're like in like like a dragon you know like in uh in the New Year's Eve festival like they're they're like underneath like the dragon and they're just like mm. like like we need like we need you to be in the middle or something like that
1: Ah, oh, that's such a good idea yeah because that's a three man thing and they can like get him in the middle and like both bash him like sandwich him and then run away
0: so and, and that would be the thing where the, where all of a sudden they're like ah oh, like you're late like we really need to put on the show like everybody's waiting yeah, for us yeah come on we're on in five let's get going and, and then Zen Zentuo's like oh man like ah oh, I gotta you're, they're right I gotta do this so he yeah. like jo- goes he, in and joins them
1: that's a scooby That and that's a brilliant example and that example could have been done here and it would have worked great but they went a different direction
0: I literally just wrote like it's just like no like in all caps and like uh, our our listeners, if you've been listening to us at all, uh, will know that I I tend not to like curse on the podcast. Like I try to keep it like super like PG, mm-hmm. but like this scene is a f-ing disaster.
1: It's I didn't even describe the scene. I just have in parentheses most racist Scooby Doope ever, um, which I hope is true. I hope I'm not wrong about that.
0: It's so this is with the scare pair, Scoob and Shag, are in. Chinese garb, they they put on an accent that Luke and I will make no attempts to replicate.
1: No. And, and in addition to wearing Chinese garb and doing an accent, they're doing the squinty eye thing. Uh, welcome to Shag and Scooby's haunted Chinese restaurant. Oh, it's so ugly. Um, can we, can we just say that they, they do that character, they set these two up at tables, they fawn over them a little bit, again, really milking the accent for all it's worth. That's, I mean, that's it.
0: I, I, let me just. There's just. A, okay, lay it out
1: for me, because I don't even have notes on this. They. they, they yeah, they sit them down. They, like. Th-
0: there's a tablecloth. They tuck the tablecloth into, like, their. into the front of their garments or whatever. Uh, they're serving them, like, chocolate chop suey and, like, sparabs a la mode, which I guess plays into them, like, liking gross food. And then. The reason I call this, like, a fucking disaster is that, um, they also say in their, like, egregiously like offensive chinese caricatures if you want anything else just and then they make like garbled noises that aren't even like pretending to be
1: oh that's you're right they they stick out their tongues and pull faces and uh it's ugly
0: ugly like that's the only word i can i can really like level against it it's just like ugly and like painful to watch
1: I don't it hurt me a lot to see Casey to not see but to hear Casey Kasem doing that voice. You don't want to see see that your heroes playing into that kind of again, ugly thing. Ugh. Oh, uh. But I think I'm glad you took us through that. Because this is a part of Scooby's history. It's a part of American history that uh this kind of racism existed and in, in some ways still does exist. And and that's obviously very that's very relevant.
0: Um <laughs> it's very topical I think but but yeah I think it's worth spotlighting and recognizing and just saying that like this is is like a really ugly really horrendous thing that happened it doesn't it doesn't ruin Scooby-Doo as a whole but I never want to see it again
1: yeah Scooby Scooby Scooby-Doo has good things to it and this isn't everything about Scooby-Doo but I never want to see it again either and I hate to mention this just as like one last dash of salt in the wound but this is the only Scooby-Doope I have seen Scooby and Shaggy run away from, laughing, like laughing to each other.
0: And and I'm sure I'm sure it happens in another episode, but just within the context of this episode, it's it's just it's really difficult. Like it's just really difficult to like engage with at all.
1: Yeah, I uh, I want to make like I want to be light and have fun, but that's just not a it's not easy. Yeah, it's not a light or fun thing there.
0: Um, yeah. ends up capturing them. And at this... And here's the thing. He's he's captured them and, like, set them atop fireworks. But, like, at this point, I was like,
1: yeah. Yeah, this is fine. Yeah, I was... <laughs> what did I happen to hear? That we have them in the least sympathetic situation ever. Where we're maybe the most okay with this going through.
0: Um, according to the Scooby-Doo wiki, this is, only, this is the second time ever in the franchise. At the time it came out, at which their lives were actually threatened. And I don't know... Because we haven't watched all of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? I don't know what happened in the other time, but this time feels, like, warranted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Scooby and well, Shaggy this whole
1: episode is... enacted a hate crime. <laughs> it's, it's both more violent and more deserved than any other episode. This, this episode is darker than anything up to this point, I don't doubt. Simply because these people are after to kill them. It's Their lives on the line. And here, even though what is about to happen is, for me, the funniest moment of the episode... This is kind of a scary thing. Scooby and Shaggy are tied up right on this big pile of fireworks and Zen 2 says, like, he's gonna leave you in here and blow, blow you up in the storeroom. And Shaggy says...
0: Uh, hey, man, uh, don't you know it's illegal to set off fireworks
1: in a storeroom? We will build a new storeroom. <laughs> <laughs> I it's love a, that. It's a really nice
0: palate cleanser after everything that came before it. It actually, like went leaps and bounds to help win me back over because it was like it was very simple and it was just like yeah stuff like this is what the whole episode should have been
1: oh yeah and it's i mean that line to me would have been funny in a cartoon today like that was timelessly funny
0: and this is one of those things where it's like i like that we had uh, a villain who could speak like, yeah, this is they like made the most of, use of it. Yeah, this is like one of those benefits where it's like, this is so great. You could not have had this in like any other, with like uh, the the creeper or something like that.
1: So that's my favorite. We will build a new store. Like he's, <laughs> like that's his new empire he wants to build. Uh, whatever the case, he lights the fuse and walks away uh scooby and shaggy
0: um they end up trying to sit on the fuse to try to put it out
1: yeah and i think it would have put it out in real life but here it kind of starts smoldering under them and smoke starts creeping out in little tendrils under their butts
0: uh and they uh they're like bunny hopping on their butts through the door in very like looney looney tunes-esque fashion Oh, yeah. They basically um, hop all the way into the arms of a statue that then
1: opens up. And that was the same statue that opened up to reveal the door that Velma and Freddy went through. So now they've actually released Fred, Del- Fred Daphne, and Velma back out into the world. My one thing is that we didn't see the- anyone press the arms of that statue to open it up the first time. It just opened on its own. So there must be a second lever.
0: Yeah, there are just a lot of, like, w- really weird inconsistencies about, like, the trap doors and, like, the ins and outs of this, um, of this temple. Yeah.
1: Uh, I want to see the blueprint.
0: Let's let's check off another mark, though. There are lots of, like, hidden passageways. I love that.
1: Hey, that's one of my favorite things in Scooby-Doo. Uh, um, they do need to look for clues, and Daphne says that as— well, they, they they shouldn't need to look for clues real quick. They should just leave. We've got back Daphne. Let's get the heck out of here. It, I mean, it's true, though. Uh, if anything... But Fred. Fred says, we can't leave until we solve the mystery. They have sufficient evidence
0: that, um, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to be attacked and killed. They could just call the
1: SFPD. It's true. That is crime enough. The temple on the hill. Yeah, you know, the one temple on the one hill. Yeah, they're trying to kill us there.
0: If, if you guys go back and listen to our first Friend interrogation episode, uh, Luke and I were asked who we would ask to add to the gang if we could and <laughs> the person we ended up adding was a uh, was a very straight-laced lawyer voiced by Kumail Nanjiani who uh basically tells the gang he he advises them of like their legal rights Yeah, and I like to think that in this case he would be like uh guys I think I think we're good
1: yeah
0: I think we have enough to just let's call the authorities
1: that's, man that's like a verbatim Kumail Nanjiani imaginary quote. That's exact. I could totally imagine him saying those exact words. That's nicely done, dude. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but no, Fred is the one that says, we can't leave until we solve the mystery. Velma jumps in and says, well, we need clues to solve the mystery. Daphne jumps in and says, well, hey, I think I saw some clues on my way in here. And Scooby and Shaggy presumably <laughs> uh, are wondering why they've made these friends. Uh, the clues take the form of a pigeon coop. And so they're at this pigeon coop, and while they're talking...
0: <laughs> Did you write this down, too?
1: No, I don't know if I did. Okay, what? all
0: right. As they're talking about, like, this scrap of paper that they found, Vel- Daphne's kind of in the background holding a pigeon, and she takes, like, a deep whiff of this pigeon. She, like, <laughs> she breathes so
1: deeply of this bird. Oh, God. give me a minute, man. I need to look. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, Belma is reading this. This slip of paper they found on one of these carrier pigeons. And Daphne does. You can see she wants to be like one of those nice Mike Tyson pictures, like to rub it against her cheek, but it goes all over her mouth. It's like like she's a baby eating cake. Oh, man. She she gets like right up in there. How did I miss that? Oh, my gosh. That's a gif for the ages. Oh. And this paper that Velma was reading said, November 10, 12.30 p.m., Hidden Cove. Yeah, did you... Uh...
0: Similar to last episode. Did you also did you also Wikipedia that to oh, see what shoot. happened? Are you asking
1: <laughs> if I looked what I, what happened on November 10th, 1970, the day that this episode aired? <laughs> that is the day referenced.
0: Exactly what I'm
1: asking you. Yes, of course. That was the day that Charles de Gaulle died, French politician and former president. <laughs> Are you serious? Somehow this was involved in his debt. I am dead serious, my friend.
0: Oh man, alive! <laughs> Looking um, up
1: dates on this show has become my favorite super simple Google <laughs> thing to do.
0: Velma says uh, it means this mystery is just about to be solved. Like she oh. knows what this means,
1: which is honestly, I how? Generally, when they say that, you've got kind of an idea. You know what it's heading towards. But I am so. This has been the most opaque mystery we've had yet for me.
0: I don't have a single inkling. Like, I haven't the foggiest.
1: And what Fred says next is just as mystifying. It sounds like the ending of an episode of Keenan and of Kenan Kel. and Kel. Yes! <laughs> yes, my friend. He says, look, I'm going to need a Chinese gong, a couple of Roman candle rockets, and Shaggy's model train set. And Shaggy goes... Uh,
0: yeah, from the mystery machine.
1: Yeah. And Shaggy goes... Uh,
0: th- is it Here It Goes...
1: Oh man, here goes. Yeah, and then he'd run off the stage after Keenan. Oh, that love that show. And uh, that they do use all of those in a contraption. I would mention in the contraption they use, they also magicked up string, a mouse trap, matches, and sandpaper. I guess that's all stuff that like Daphne had in her purse. Like I don't know. It must be something like that, or the carrier pigeons coughed it up, or something. Um, it- can you? This is a complicated trap. Can you explain it to me? It's nice to see a
0: trap, like, I, like it's like Fred from, from Mystery Incorporated. Fred loves traps. Um, mm. So here we have, it, it's a Fred trap, not a scrappy trap, uh, but, but a patented Fred trap. Um, the, the model train has the Chinese gong atop it with these Roman candle rockets on the sides. Um, and basically what happens is Zentool walks out onto a platform and then further out onto the gong, which is level with the platform... And what happens is um they flip this mouse trap which like causes
1: there's like a match a tra- attached to the mouse trap near this sandpaper which is near the rockets and pulling a string basically lights the rockets right yeah, and
0: what's going to happen is that um Zentua will be propelled atop this gong along this track and will like um he'll get knocked into a into a pit into the pigeon coop i guess killing like a, a dozen <laughs> birds at least uh but also uh being being trapped within within this cage the
1: bird bones are really the barbs that will keep (laughs) him in there once he's crashed in
0: uh the problem is that zentuo arrives a little bit too early so scoob is not uh he hasn't finished laying all of the tracks
1: down yeah almost a wallace and gromit the wrong trousers type scene here with him laying out these tracks just in time for the train to hit them
0: yes that's right
1: and uh, it doesn't quite work they do zip zentuo into the pigeon coop room but for some reason, he zips back out. We don't even see what happens.
0: Uh, and he he crashes into Scooby, who's, like, I guess, hiding inside a Ming vase. Uh, they're they're still scooting around. They end up bumping into the Scare Pair. And eventually, it rockets them right out a window.
1: One note. After Scooby gets busted out of a vase, he flies up into the air. And he lands in front of Zentuo. But the momentum of Zentuo keeps... Scooby on Zentuo's chest and so they're like one in front of another Scooby being pressed back onto Zentuo's chest and the way that Scooby whimpers is again so off model of his voice and This time it's too much like a dog. It's like a, a whimpering abused dog who's going <laughs> I, I should have said this.
0: I guess that was very good. I guess earlier. <laughs> disturbed myself with that one. Um. But Scooby whimpers like a dog a bunch this episode.
1: And then as he's going along, the scare pair landed. Well, once everyone is all together, once the scare pair is also scooped up in this runaway train, they do crash and they are caught. Um, like I
0: said, they crash out a window, but through a curtain, and the curtain ends up like bundling them all together, hanging down from this tree that was right outside. So th- yeah, they are then captured.
1: Scooby pokes his head out. He's wearing the mask. Oh, everything's good. Um, and when we pan, we don't have an unmasking moment. In fact, we only see the villain from a distance such that it's almost like they figure, they think we should have known already.
0: It's, it is worth noting that we do see a, a Chinese person in modern day garb and he appears to be a member of the SFPD. That's He's true. He's wearing like a sharp brown suit and a hat and he looks to be, yeah, like like a detective or something.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that for uh, for correcting me on that point. And that is a, that's fantastic that they showed that. And he is arresting none other than Mr. Fong, the Oriental arts dealer, who maybe was frustrated by the fact that people called him Oriental.
0: Uh, there are a few things. I I do think it's great that they have a, a, a Chinese police officer. If they right? had a white
1: police officer, that wouldn't have been great. It, it would they have been so
0: easy this. for them to do. And it's nice that they that they sort of like communicated, like, yeah, sure, like Chinese people, they can be in, in American law enforcement. Like, not a big deal. Yeah. Also, one of the one of the scare pair is a white guy.
1: Really? I didn't even look at the other guy in the scare pair.
0: Yeah, so it's not, um, it's not just the people in the hotel who are the only other white people. Dang. There's just one member of the scare. You didn't pair. correct
1: me and you preserved that little mystery to the end. Thank you, sir.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I, I decided to save Man. it. Man. Do you wanna do you wanna explain, I guess, the mystery?
1: <laughs> I don't want to, but yeah, we gotta. So uh, where to begin? Where to begin? So, Mr. Fong was the head of a criminal enterprise and they had illegal stuff being shipped into the United States, presumably drugs, I, I guess. Um basically, drugs. this mask drugs. <laughs> what <are you> doing? <laughs> uh, he basically would get this mask shipped back and forth to him, or masks like this one, and it was sent to him and when you press like the gem on the forehead, the mouth opens and it, the, in the mouth is a small tape or a series of tapes that when you play them, they have all the distribution and they have all the shipment dates and names of their illegal shipments. They take those uh, that information on those tapes and they transcribe it to paper and send it out to all their organization contacts via carrier pigeon. L- let me so just... the information comes over via mask tape, masking tape, and then it's distributed via carrier pigeon.
0: Yeah, let me just say there was no possible way that viewers could have
1: uh, surmised or gathered any of this on their own. Zero percent of that was indicated throughout this episode. The fact that Velma and Freddy seemed to know, I, I, they don't say it at the end of the episode that they knew all along. I think they thought the entirely wrong thing. <laughs> I think they didn't know at any point. They just eventually turned it over to the police who obviously already had a file open on these guys.
0: Yeah, it's it's such a convoluted... It, it should have been just as easy as oh, um, each of these... Maybe each of these masks is inscribed on the inside, like, where the next pickup is going to be. Yeah. But, like, we don't even know that there's more than one mask. Like, maybe if they had stumbled upon a room
1: full of the same mask, we would have been able to, like, oh, cool. That would have done it Or like, masks with the mouth open to show that something had been in there by comparison. Like, there's a lot of little ways they could have seeded this in there, but they simply didn't. And part of what makes it even more confusing is, like, well, how did Daphne buy the mask? It's like, oh, that was shipped to the curio shop by mistake. And I guess the guy just sold it. To to a young woman. Just a young uh, woman. <laughs>
0: we, we finish up, and it's almost like... We, we know that that last, like, scooby Doop was, like, a bad taste in your mouth. It's almost like... But it's almost like they want to get in one last jab that's not a jab, but still kind of a jab.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure what the, uh, the jab
0: is here. He, here's the thing. Um... Scoob and Shag are both hungry Because And this is one of those tropes That has not um Has not made it in They haven't eaten any food This entire episode That's true
1: They've food adjacent But
0: Kind of unjust
1: Do you think maybe the animators Just didn't know how to draw Chinese food That's such BS How hard is it to draw Noodles or rice It's like Hey man I could draw Pasta But I can't draw Chop suey dude Spaghetti All day Chop suey What the (laughs) hey
0: I think you're right. <laughs> I, I think if there's anything that's fun about um, mystery Inc kind of like going to different countries and and cultures, it's Scooby and Shaggy eating the food from those countries and cultures.
1: For them, that's the tour for everyone else. It's just sightseeing or whatever, but for them, it's a food tour, a taste bud tour
0: So um there is a Scooby snack, but there is no uh I guess bargaining you what do you call it like this like Scooby snack bargaining?
1: i I call yeah. it Scooby bargaining. Um, which is, would you do this scary thing for one Scooby snack? For two Scooby snacks? They could have done that bargaining earlier when they made Scooby and Shaggy go off into the shadows. But this is the first uh, Scooby snack moment that we have. And it's also the last Scooby snack that they have.
0: So she, she tosses it up into the air like the referee
1: at an NBA game. That's exactly what she says. She says it's gonna. I'm gonna make you jump for it because she's she's not gonna break it in two and then give one half to Scooby and Shaggy. That would be like splitting a baby in half and giving it to the two women claiming to be <laughs> oh, its mother.
0: It's been such a long time since we've dropped a, like a Bible reference in. It feels good. It feels right.
1: <laughs> a biblical reference. I can't believe it, man. I can't believe that's <laughs> the safe place that we're going back to.
0: Ah, oh, but you're. Uh, yeah. They they botched the um. They botched the toss-up or whatever it is. The jump ball. Neither of them get the it. The jump snack. Yeah. Uh, and it it falls to the ground right in front of a little mouse uh, hole in the wall. And a mouse comes out and eats it right in front of them. Now, you have this open. Watch watch this mouse and tell me. Tell me to my face that this mouse doesn't have... uh, What is it? Um, almond-shaped... Is it almond-shaped eyes?
1: Oh, you're right. He does. Oh, my God. Where he looks at the... Where the mouse looks at the camera, it's so obvious. It's, this is an Asian yeah, mouse. Why
0: Why did this mouse have to be an East Asian mouse?
1: <laughs> They're coming into our country, eating our Scooby snacks. What?
0: Like, why was oh, this necessary? Like, like, all the goodwill of having, like, a Chinese police officer, and you're just like, it's like they went too far. It's like they were like, oh, man. How else can we communicate the fact that this is like Chinatown, like everything here is
1: Chinese? Well, you've got a Chinese person who's, you know, a police officer. That shows that the justice is being dispensed by Chinese people. That's pretty Chinese, right? I,
0: I, guess, I guess they felt it was innocuous, but it feels like a final jab. No,
1: yeah. Uh, I think at that point, I didn't want to see it. I was, I was looking at everything but the mouse's eyes. Uh, that's that's it um that brings
0: us to the the episode yeah uh do we just want what what tropes i mean there's no like hallways
1: i wish there wasn't Um, a scooby doop but there was we have to check that one off there was there was no unmasking um we did have a trap that fred set up we did split up and look for clues we had a musical chase scene and we had scooby snacks one of i would say one of the best musical chase scenes i've ever seen i agree both in terms of the action i thought it was we did see some cool stuff even though they reused a few frames but it, it was a great a great song they did along with it. I just really clicked. It's it was no. I mean, like it was no. I would
0: say for better or for worse, but definitely for better. I'm in love with an ostrich.
1: Oh, I'm in love with an ostrich. Ostrich had some troubling lines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think that's it. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned the hidden passageways. They definitely had that
0: what 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 is our what is our takeaway I, I mean i i know that we've got on for a little long what are our final thoughts on mystery uh
1: mask mix-up you're i i'm gonna piggyback off a little bit of what you indicated in that scooby doo travels the world variously especially nowadays and explores a variety of cultures and does so with uh with a nuance and without Deriding those cultures and and offering caricatures and stereotypes and this isn't that and maybe it hasn't grown to that point It hasn't matured to that point, but it's still sad to see that they went for it before they were ready to go for it That's what I I think
0: yeah, I'm Whenever you look back on old cartoons um, and even on, on on like on like literature, I, I think a really good example is uh, is the Merchant of Venice because even though shylock has like that really incredible speech where it's like you know like if you prick me do i not bleed he still like loses his daughter
1: and he's still terrible like clearly the end of that story you're supposed to feel good about him losing and there there's maybe a little introspection about like huh maybe it sucks to be a jew I guess I'll keep that in mind while I'm hating them.
0: It's, it's really bizarre because, yeah, that's like one of the most famous, um, like, Shakespearean monologues is to just like, look, like, I'm a human being, too. Like, I've got feelings. Like, I'm, like, I'm a person as well. But Shylock... You said the
1: least human character in the play. Yeah,
0: Shylock still gets, like, a bum end. And that's, like, putting it so lightly. And but, he's
1: still a terrible person in the play. They they pin some of the worst qualities to him all throughout. And then that speech redeems him. I, I think he's a racist character.
0: And and it is to say that, yeah, like, like anti-Semitism was rampant uh, during the time of Shakespeare. And apparently now, uh, just... <laughs> You know, as of, what is it, two weekends ago. Um, but, but you think of things as, as a product of, the, of their time. I don't think that n- makes it any easier, any easier to, uh, to, to engage with.
1: I, I don't think we can say that there's no one that had a problem with this at the time. I think it's just that they didn't care. I think it's just that they're, this was the easy route to go and they were playing for white viewers. Maybe, I, I don't know, Do you think this was a, who do you think this was aimed at?
0: I think I, I think it was aimed for it was aimed, it was for a general populace. I think like as a cartoon, it was meant to be just like, oh, like fun for the whole family. And I sincerely think that that was their...
1: Do you think they thought Asian people will like that we we're, we're, we're giving them some presence in our show as well? Do you think Honestly, probably. I think so yeah. too, and that's maybe part of what hurts about as they think like just the fact that we're acknowledging this shows that we're more open-minded than the next people who would maybe never show something like that on TV.
0: And, and, like, there are these, like, little, like, glimmers where it's just, like... And and I it's it's so sad. I have to keep going back to, like, this Chinese policeman. Yeah. Like, he... It was, like, it was them just... He was just, like, a regular dude just doing his job. Like, oh, he, it's more like, oh, he's just, like, a policeman who, like, happens to be Chinese. Yeah.
1: Um. It's like, uh, I was listening to a podcast and... the other day, and they were talking about The Flash. And uh, in the first season or the second season, they just kind of dropped that the hard-nosed police uh, chief is gay. And he's getting married to his... Uh, his male partner
0: i think that's still season one because i've only seen then yeah one. It's season
1: one but they drop it casually and it's not a plot point point. and it's like good i i like that you're normalizing that and you're not making it a big plot point a big thing and that's what the police officer felt like yeah. here and they could have done more of that
0: eventually they like bring in his fiance or whatever and you're just yeah. like okay well that's sure you're just people it it's yeah they,
1: they don't treat it any differently which so maybe shame on me for calling it out but I, no i think no, i'm I, I it on a pedestal really, for a great example
0: i also really like that i thought that was like a great um, example of inclusivity and there's so much conversation now just to get like political ish about just like oh everyone like complains about such and such and like everyone's so like easily offended but like isn't it so much better when art as a whole is able to represent things in, like, an accurate and inoffensive fashion? Yeah. Like, isn't the alternative just, like, stuff like this, just, like, gross caricatures?
1: And I, I think, I've also been reading a lot on that, and I've been thinking a lot on that matter, like, oh, you're just too easily offended, or like, oh, hey, your offense doesn't trump, your offense taken doesn't trump my free speech. And that's true. Scooby-Doo, and the producers, and the people behind it, can take it whatever direction they want. But they do it because we like it. They do it because I think the people who make this genuinely want us to enjoy it and have a good time. And I don't think they're necessarily bad people, even if they demonstrate some bad ideals here.
0: And I think, like, as art, to a certain extent, you are trying to appeal to a broad audience. And and I know that... there's like a problem with that whole idea when you think of like a broad audience you think like lowest common denominator you think like i don't know like the big bang theory or something like I've that. i've got to dumb it
1: down for everybody um yeah
0: but no i think that if you make something that's like of good quality it generally will be enjoyed by like a broad audience and i think that when you when you tell stories that feature people from like all walks of life Um, you ultimately end up telling stories that like a lot of people want to watch or read or listen to. Um, And I think that Scooby-Doo is
1: not exempt from that. Absolutely. Ultimately, those stories are richer for the variety that they offer. And if you're secure in what you are and your identity and your race, then seeing someone who's different than that will only make you feel more secure in what you are. Only help you appreciate more of what you are by appreciating that difference like you you know me you know like the stuff i've written about um i could go on about this forever but whew, have you seen how long this file is oh you mean our, our recording so far yeah an hour and 45 minutes correct granted 10 minutes of that are straight cuttable but that still leaves I, us with an hour and i a mean half. i like to think that a little bit more of it is cuttable i will cut but... a little bit more but there's not a whole lot, to be honest, that I, uh, I'm dying to trim from this.
0: I mean, it's it's a rough—look, it's a rough episode. There was a lot to talk about. There was a lot to unpack. Maybe we—maybe, maybe we try to keep the
1: intro and outro shorter on this one. Yeah, maybe we can do that. I, I still—I gotta say, I, it's a tough thing. This episode was tough because I enjoyed parts I didn't enjoy other parts. What I did unequivocally enjoy was talking to you about it, Evan. And that's, I guess, the benefit of this podcast—
0: so, uh, yeah, we very much uh, hope you also enjoyed this. Um, you know, if you have any feedback, if you have any feelings, uh, if, if you've seen the episode and you really wanted to talk about it, talk to us about it. We would love that.
1: Yeah. I'd, I'd love some feedback on our thoughts on the episode, on the episode itself, if you feel like there's something we didn't touch on or something we didn't engage with as well as we could have.
0: Even if you, even if you think that we're spouting... "Quote unquote," like SJW propaganda. If you're a listener of our podcast, I would still genuinely want to have a conversation with you about that. Absolutely, I think I there's a, there, I think there's a lot there. And if you're a listener, then I I like to think that we we you and I as listeners as listeners in this podcast hosts we have a connection of
1: some sort. I think we do have a connection with our listeners. And this is it can be a, a little bit of an echo chamber in that you and I already agree on stuff. But I hey, I'll defend my views absolutely. Let us know. Uh, that's it. It got real, man. This got real more than anything else we've done yet. It
0: got it got pretty yeah. It it got really it got very real, and I guess that was to be expected.
1: At the beginning of the episode, I I just it was less laughter, more gasp laughter, gasped <laughs> like <gasps> what. What? Like with Scooby-Doo doing the the Asian laugh right at the beginning, I had to pause. Empty Sam, come over here. Am I crazy? Is this there's and there's
0: again no reason. There's no reason for that. There's no reason to have Scooby-Doo do like this like Asian laugh. There's no reason to make a mouse Asian. Like why have you added these trappings to this episode?
1: Disappointing in a lot of ways. I think when we returned to San Francisco ten years later, for I left my neck. It's an appreciably brief tour, but I almost wish we could go a little more in-depth in Chinatown those ten years later, visit some of these same places, and see if the show has changed. But maybe ten years later, the show just still wasn't quite ready to deal with it, but it was at least aware of that fact.
0: But look, for our listeners, we're, look, we're, we love Scooby-Doo, and we're just going to keep covering these things, and we're just not going to shy away from when, when they make mistakes. Because that's what they are. These are, these are mistakes.
1: Yeah, if you really love something, you don't hide from the ugly parts of its history or glorify the ugly parts of its history. If you have an element of heritage, like I have with Scooby Doo, you call out the ugly sh-ty parts of it and you say, "I don't support those parts." Yeah, that, look, I I think we're I think we're done. I think we're good. <laughs> oh, what a fun episode! Well, thank you for joining us for uh, yet another typical Scooby Dudes, uh, another fun week. Uh, any last thoughts from you, Evan? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how you're you're ending this with with jolly laughter. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> jolly good fun. Uh, you know, thankfully, I don't know. It's not. I don't. I don't want to start the outro for this one.
0: <laughs> we we record. <laughs> I don't know if people know this. Do people know that we record?
1: our intro and outro a week after we record the episodes proper. We've talked around it a little bit, but I don't know if we've ever said it explicitly up to this point. Yeah, we, we wait a little bit.
0: Um, and, and thankfully, it means that I'm no longer, like, aghast, which
1: I certainly was recording this episode. It was it was rough. Yeah. Maybe it's good that we've had a little bit of distance for it to do the bookends of this episode. I, I cannot
0: believe, when we were recording the intro, there's a little... Uh, bit of my mind that was like, "You could start this intro with an accent," and I was like, "What?
1: <laughs> no!" See, of the two of us, I'm I'm more inclined to go that direction. or I'm more tempted, so I'm amazed that went through your mind because obviously it went through mine. Well, but I've, here's it the thing: didn't go through a second time. I could get time. away with it. You couldn't. That's that's the difference. You could get away with it, but it would still uh, it's still inadvisable. Did you live in Asia for longer than me? i think so man yeah i think especially i was born in asia i thought you were born in the solomon islands that's asia i don't think it is pacific
0: Pacific. oh oh yeah yeah
1: so you're you're uh you're an aapi person (laughs) by birth aapi ish um yeah that's exactly right that's my nationality yeah hey hey uh
0: listeners welcome to the the outro portion
1: Are, are they here
0: oh shoot Uh, yeah, you listen to an episode, uh, we kind of said this at the beginning, it's a lot to digest, I'm glad that you stuck with us through it, now we're just gonna tell you how you can support us and get in touch with us and follow us and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, if you like the way we engaged with that, then definitely support us, if you don't, then you should support us so we can do better, and the ways that you can do that first and foremost, uh, best of anything, would be to, uh, visit us on patreon.com, that's, uh, that's what we'd really appreciate. Yeah, Luke,
0: Luke came up with a little bit of a slogan that I think that Patreon should begin using professionally so that we can get that mo- that uh, slogan money.
1: Yes, and it goes, I have a dream that small-time artists will get money. Was that it? No. <laughs> no, it was... Wait, did you forget? Um, it sounds like you on, legitimately artists, forgot. Artists for whom times are small can dream big. You can why did I set this up for you? Why? With small-time artists, big-time dreams. Yeah, it was more or
0: less that. Anyway, Luke, Luke and I are small-time artists.
1: Help us achieve our big-time
0: dreams. We have big-time dreams. And if you, mm. if you give us money every month, that will help us um, continue to put out this podcast because we have to pay for hosting and we pay our artists because mm-hmm. they're great. They do
1: great work and they deserve the money. They're incredible. Yeah, you, You're supporting them in addition to supporting us. And you're getting additional content along with that, so please visit us on Patreon.com slash Scooby Dudes.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll send art your way, I'll uh, do a few write-ups, I like to
1: just provide a little bit more info about each episode. It's good stuff. Yeah, and uh, Not only will we give you cool stuff, we'll shout you out. Yeah, we'll shout you out the first time you donate, we'll do a whole spiel on the podcast for
0: you. And uh, not only will we shout out your name once, when you donate, we will continue to shout out your name, we will keep saying your name week after week. We're going to say the names... Of all of our donors right now
1: yeah one by one one on top of one here are the donors <laughs> who have donated to us in the past
0: yeah. I'm, I'm i'm social and you uh you consume a lot of media i do it's true uh so between the two of us i, I think we have social media covered pretty well we're on both facebook and twitter
1: mm, facebook scooby dudes twitter these scooby dudes
0: uh email yeah, send us some electronic mail. Uh, Scooby Dudes Podcast at gmail.com. dot
1: <laughs> Gmail, mate. <laughs> that's what postmen in Australia say. Uh, what is it? It would be like Gmail,
0: GChat. I guess people don't really say just G. I think that's it, right? Just like
1: Gmail and GChat. I guess. I guess yeah. Actually, did you know that's the name of. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character in Silicon Valley, it's Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> <laughs> he works for Google. Yeah. Oh, man. I, this is what I want to do. To like, uh, hey,
0: man, I saw you at the Apple store the other day. Yeah, dude, I just wanted to get an iPhone 7. <laughs> I just, man, you know, with, they're just so expensive. I could never get an iPhone.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I'm stuck with my Samsung. <laughs> That's all I've got for my name uh where were we oh yeah so send us an email One hundred percent of people who've sent us emails so far have started their own scooby scooby doos podcast so uh <laughs> statistics so so don't send us <laughs> oh, email. Yeah, do we don't need the competition <laughs> actually do send us emails and then don't start a podcast i need to know that that's not what it is
0: yeah please please uh even out that statistic a little bit more
1: yeah Ugh, we need to widen our sample uh, uh where this... else can they find us
0: well one last thing uh, you, you can find our podcast through iTunes, through Stitcher, mm. through, I don't know, just a bunch of apps. Yeah. Um, but if you, uh, if you do find us through iTunes and you like what you hear,
1: please leave us a review and make that review five stars. And then almost no matter what you say, we'll read it on, on the podcast, uh, with exceptions that we will explore as they come up. Well, you know what?
0: I'll, I'll make a promise i will read anything you write in that review wow luke will censor it as he sees fit you know what deal uh, and this is uh, one last thing where where can they where can they find how
1: can they enjoy our podcast in its totality the best place for to experience scooby dudes the number one place to follow up on or to preface your watching of an episode would be to go to ScoobyDudes.com, our website. We got it, ScoobyDudes.com. It's the most com. It makes sense that we'd be there. And there you can get screenshots. You can get original, beautiful art specific to every episode that we do. You can get show notes. You can get corrections. You can get uh, funny captions on the screenshots I mentioned originally. Evan, tell uh, what else can they even uh, get? What, what can I you even ask for? I think
0: that's it. But no, it's a lot. And and I, I, I certainly put a lot of work into it. And I think that yeah, if you like an episode. Head on over there, see what else is there, because I can guarantee, you, there will be at least one thing <laughs> that you'll enjoy.
1: That you'll find. I think there will be at least one thing you find hilarious and one thing you find fascinating on each episode. I uh, I frequently go through and reread our captions, and and okay, have a chuckle to myself. See my caption for that last one. <gasps> yes, I did. It- I thought it was really funny. It was very good. I meant to say to you, and I'm glad I get to say to you on air that that was genius. Please check out the caption for last week's episode, the first episode of Be Cool Scooby-Doo that we covered.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's it. We're we're shy
1: of 10 minutes. Do we want to try to cut this off? Oh my gosh, we're, we're at nine minutes in. Let's do it. Let's make the miracle happen. I can't do like the guitar strum. I can't make the sound. Apparently I cannot. Why were the eyes of the horse on my jet pilot? That's Jet Pilot by System of a Down. Oh, man. It's a good song.